You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Hey guys, hope you are doing well. We are in the second part of a sub-thread entitled Elements. This week we are going to talk about fire. Fire plays a huge role throughout scripture without a doubt, and it's uh, displayed in lots of different ways. But what I want to do is look at one story that involved fire and just work our way through that story. If you grew up in church like I did, you probably have heard the story in the book of Daniel that talks about three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you haven't heard it, well, you're going to now. Uh, Before we, we jump into the meat of the story, we need to set a little bit of context. These three men were captives of war that were Jews brought back to Babylon. One of the ways that Babylon was so powerful is that it not just captured, but employed and empowered the best and brightest from other nations. They they um, identified those who were gifted and gave them positions of influence. That was really, really important for how they operated. The book of Daniel has not just these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but then obviously Daniel as well. These four men are friends. And I, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but every time I talk about Daniel or I talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I can't get over the fact that two incredible stories happen by one group of friends, but at two separate times. And I think it's really easy for us as followers of Jesus to see someone in our lives being used in really big ways by the Lord. And we say, well, they must be the person from from our community or from our friend group or whatever that God wants to use. And would you just use the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the story of Daniel, look at these four friends who are captured, who are taken to Babylon and who do separate things, but incredible things and say, man, my, my friend's success for the kingdom of God or my friend's uh, empowered actions through God are not going to diminish what he wants to do through me. So that has nothing to do with the story, uh, but I just felt like that was an encouragement that we all needed this week. So these three actually oversaw a province and had positions of influence. And the king that they served at that time, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, creates this 90 foot by 90 foot gold statue, puts it out in the plain and says, whenever you hear music, you're going to bow down to this thing. And if they do not, they're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. So we're going to walk through this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their unwillingness to bow down, and their interaction with the king of Babylon. So we're going to jump in. Um, and, and where we're going to start is that the Chaldeans, this group of people who are part of the nation of Babylon, come before King Nebuchadnezzar and they say, hey, there's these three guys out in this province and they are unwilling to do that which you have asked them to do. So Daniel chapter 3 verse 12 says, whoever does not fall down in worship will be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. There are some Jews you have appointed to manage the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men have ignored you, the king. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Then in a furious rage, Nebuchadnezzar gave orders to bring in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. So we're setting the stage for the story. The first point this week is that standing up will make you stand out. Standing up will make you stand out. For those of us who follow Jesus, we have to understand that what we are called to is outside of the cultural norm. It is counter-cultural. There are often going to be things that make us stand out because we are standing up for what Jesus is calling us to, not what the world is calling to. When we make decisions that go against the grain or love in ways that are outside of the ordinary, we become visible. When people see the way that we love and they're like, man, that's not how the rest of the world loves, we become visible. When we stand up and we stand for something that we believe in, 
People are like, well, that's not what culture is saying us to stand up for. At the same time, when we're holier-than-thou, arrogant Christians, we will also become visible. When we are people who are filled with rage or fear, filled with judgment, people are going to say, man, yep, those Christians. So we have to ask ourselves this question. Is what I am standing up for worth the visibility it is causing? Is what I'm standing up for worth the visibility it is causing? We aren't called to be recognized because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. We are going to get so many opportunities to do things that cause people to pause and say, why are they doing that when everyone else is doing this? What what I want for our community, not just the young adults, but in Billings, beyond, whatever it may be, as followers of Jesus, the Big C Church, the people wouldn't say like, oh, oh, look at the Christians, yep. But, oh my gosh, like, look at the Christians. <laughs> look at what they're doing. Not, not in anger, not in bitterness, but in curiosity to say, why are they the way that they are? Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Is our light highlighting us? Or is it giving glory to God? That is something that we constantly have to ask ourselves. Is our light highlighting us or is it giving glory to God? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't go against the grain to bring glory to themselves, but in an act of worship to God. So the story goes on to say this, verses 15 through 18. Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the drum, and every kind of music, fall down and worship the statue I've made. But if you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. This is Nebuchadnezzar looking at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, staring them in the eyes and said, okay, when you're ready, we're going to play some music. And if you don't do it, you're going to be thrown into a blazing fire. Then Nebuchadnezzar asked this question, and who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists then he can rescue us from the furnace of the blazing fire. And he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the gold statue that you have set up. Hmm. The next point is this, is that faith creates steadiness in the face of the storm. These dudes were not just faithful, but they were faith filled. They were unshakable. And I don't know about you, but I want that kind of faith. I want the kind of faith that, that makes me look at something, makes me look at Jesus and say, no matter what, no matter what, I believe that he can. And no matter what, I'm not going to bow down to the idols of this world or do things that God has not called me to do. One of the things that I love the most about these three men is that they didn't mistake their confidence in God for confidence in themselves. They kept bringing it back to he can rescue us. He can rescue us from the furnace. He can rescue us from your power. He can, he can, he can. And it reminds me of a conversation I recently had with one of my friends. Um, he and his wife got this this terrible diagnosis about three years ago of leukemia. And um, man, watching them walk through this life um, has been absolutely incredible. And watching their faith has just been, oh man, it has been so, so good. And and we just had coffee this last week. And I was just like, how are you? You know, we kind of just like caught up, did all those things. And, and I just had to ask like, how do you do this? Like, how do you do this? And one of the statements that he said in the midst of our conversation was, 
no matter what's going on, I just believe that he can. I just believe that he can. I think that he can fully heal. I think that he can show up. I think that he can restore. I think that he can do whatever it is that we need him to do. I believe that he can. I want that type of faith, and I'm sure that you do. See, when we have faith, it provides steadiness in the face of the storm. Not just being people who are faithful to what God is calling us to, but faith-filled that God is who he said he is. The next point this week is that opposition creates opportunities. Opposition creates opportunities. I'm sure that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't exactly pumped about the prospect of getting thrown into a furnace. However, they had the wherewithal to understand that this was an opportunity for God to show up before the most powerful human being on the planet. Remember that Babylon is the superpower. They are standing before the king of Babylon. They are, they are having a conversation with the most powerful person. And this was an opportunity in the midst of this op- opposition. This was an opportunity for God to show up and do something amazing before King Nebuchadnezzar. As human beings, we rarely welcome conflict and we rarely welcome opposition because it is often difficult and it's often painful. But what if we change our mentality? What if we stopped asking, why is this happening, to what does God want to do through this? Or not why is this happening, but how is God going to show up in this? It's really important that we change our posture and think about opposition as opportunities for God to do what he can do. And if we can have that posture, then we can have steadiness to ask this question. God, in the midst of asking the question, what what do you want to do through this? What do you want me to do? If I am fully confident that God is going to show up, then I can take the stress away of me having to figure things out and say, okay, as you are figuring this out, as you are doing the thing that you can do, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to show up? When we know that he's in control, we can respond faithfully. So what happens? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, standing before King Nebuchadnezzar, they make this statement, this this beautiful, amazing statement before King Nebuchadnezzar. He gets furious. He throws them in the fire. And in Daniel chapter 3, verses 24 through 25, it goes on to say this. Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm. This is after they're in the furnace. He said to his advisors, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty, they replied to the king. He exclaimed, look, I see four men not tied, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. This might be the most common point taken from the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but it's this, is that we are not alone. I don't know about you, but I know for me, it's wildly important for me to always understand that Jesus is next to me in the midst of it all. In the valleys, on the mountaintops, in the middle of the fire, he is with us. We are not alone. This last weekend at our church, uh, F.A. Chapel, Brooks, our executive pastor, talked about how fire often represented the presence of God. Burning bush with Moses, then a pillar of fire before the Israelites as they're leaving Egypt. There's, There's so many things that indicate the presence of God, but I think one of my favorite verses that indicates the presence of God is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. This is Pentecost. It says this, when the day of Pentecost had arrived... They were all together in one place. This is the disciples, the followers of Jesus. This is after Jesus has died and ascended to heaven. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. Tongues of fire rested on each one of them, indicating that the Holy Spirit was present within them. This wasn't just Jesus being with them in person. Now, this was his Holy Spirit, the promised spirit, 
with each one of them, not just next to them, but within them, that gives them the confidence to go and do the things that God has asked them to do. And that is the same Holy Spirit that dwells within you and I today. Would we fully understand that God has gifted us with his constant presence through the Holy Spirit? We are never, ever alone. And I think it's important that we understand that whether we are in a great spot, whether we're in a really terrible spot, whether we are in the monotonous middle of our lives, that we understand that we are not alone. We are never alone. The story goes on to say this in verses 26 through 27. It says, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and called out, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the most high God, come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. When the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's advisors gathered around, they saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Not a hair of their heads was singed, their robes were unaffected, and there was no smell of fire on them. Oftentimes in our culture, I think that we buy into the thought that trials happen because we are disobedient at some point. In our minds, trials often equal a punishment of some kind, but these men weren't being punished by God. They were being used by God to show his power. Their obedience led to an incredible declaration of who their God was and who our God is. As Nebuchadnezzar says, servants of the most high God. Minutes before this, he said, what God, what God could save you from my power? And then in the next breath, he says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the most high God. You see, our obedience isn't just for us. It can be tempting to think about being obedient as securing our standing with God. But we must be aware of the fact that our obedience might change the lives of others as well. It can absolutely be a churchy phrase, so please forgive me, but we regularly talk about being set on fire for Christ, or we ask the Lord to set our hearts on fire for others. But what we have to understand is that if we're going to ask God to set our, our hearts on fire, set our lives on fire, if we want to be set on fire for Jesus, that we understand that, that that stems from the fact that the fire shines a light and it produces light. And that brings us back to Matthew chapter 5 where it says, You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and it gives light for all who are in the house. Last week, we talked about the earth, this, this home that we've been given. This is our house. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are where? In the house. We are called to be a light to the world around us. I love this story because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were a light to the nation of Babylon, to the king, to the most powerful person on the planet. They were a light, and they got him to say, servants of the most high God. See, this entire story is incredible because of what God did for these three men, undoubtedly. But more importantly, what God did through these three men. They were saved from a very real fire. Their lives were on the line. And if God would have just stopped there and just said, I saved these three men from the fire and they escaped. But that's not what happened. Instead, they saw the miracle of God happen in front of their eyes. And through their obedience, an entire nation was pointed towards God and the salvation that he provides. Would we understand that God is going to do big things in our lives, but it's not just for us, it's for the people around us. Our obedience isn't for us to secure right standing with God. It is to do that, but so much 
more that people would see our lives and see our obedience and they would say, I want that. So how do we engage with the fires of our lives? How do we become people who are light to lead others towards the grace and the freedom and the forgiveness of Jesus? Here's the truth. If he did it with them, if he did it with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if he did it with Daniel, he can without question do it with you and I. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.